Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 19 of the West Next Podcast, conference championship games for the 2023 NFL season. As you all know, we now know who's going to be in the Super Bowl this year, and that's just incredible that we know that and we get to watch the Super Bowl in two weeks. This is it's going to be an amazing episode of the West Next Podcast. It's going to be a great Super Bowl. A lot of things are just going great right now. And the best thing about it is we are we have been doing this for 19 episodes. As you know, my name is Chanel Wilkins. I'm Nick Provenzano. Thank you all for watching the What's Next Podcast, Sports Edition, for 19 episodes. I really do appreciate that. Y'all have been doing great with the playoff numbers, the divisional round. Uh, that is coming up. That is coming out tonight. Uh, tonight of the day of the recording. Uh, wasn't able to get it out uh, this week, but it will come. It's going to come out tonight, uh, later at night. I'll po- I'll keep you all posted on the um, Instagram. But by the time this recording comes out, you'll already know. So I don't know why I mentioned that. But don't worry about that. What you do need to worry about is where you watch the What's Next podcast. There are four ways to watch the What's Next podcast. As you all know, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, RSS.com, and Spotify. Spotify is the best way and the most popular way to watch the episode. So make sure you check the, check that out. Also, how do you keep updated with the um, What's Next podcast, uh, lifestyle podcast, and just all the stuff and how to just keep up with when episodes are out, when content is out, how to keep up with the polls and stuff like that. You have to go on the Instagram underscore What's Next podcast underscore. Uh, a lot of good things going on with that as well. So make sure to check that out as well. Now, Nick, divisional round was crazy. The wild card round was crazy. And teams are getting eliminated at, at, at rapidly, you know, and now we went from, 32 teams in the regular season to now just two teams out of February. Oh, sorry. It's not February yet. I'm botching today's episode. The 30th of January, we are down to two teams. We are down to the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. First off, I want to know if this is the playoff matchup that you expected. Well, no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. was not. It was you not. not I... It going to be the Eagles and the Bengals, I believe. Yeah, so back when I did my Super Bowl prediction, way back when, and obviously you can check out all of the podcasts on what we listed before. Um, obviously, Spotify, the best way to look at us. But going back to all the way back to that episode, the Bills and the Bucks were my Super Bowl picks to make it all the way. And I had my team actually losing the big one. I actually had the Bills beating them in the end to win their first ever Super Bowl title. And... You know, it's crazy because actually, Chanel, as bad as the Bucks had their season, they actually did make the playoffs. And yeah. that matchup could have actually happened. Obviously, heaven and earth had to been moved for that matchup to actually happen. But it could have it could have happened. Um, so I just want to get out the way that my Super Bowl pick was uh, it was they both made the playoffs, but it, it didn't actually happen. But now we have the definitive two teams, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. I obviously last week on the episode, uh, last week's episode said that the Bengals and the Eagles would be the the last teams. So I was, I basically am like, I, I missed one and I got one. I'm not too mad about that. Um, but man, it was a, it was a wild, um, wild weekend. Um, I thought both games were one. Well, one was a complete runaway and the other one was a down to the wire slugfest between two opportunistic defenses and two just honestly opportunist opportunistic teams and opportunistic coaching staffs. So I, I thought that that was a big, a big thing that, you know, a big theme that was this weekend. And I'm just getting ready. I'm getting ready to, you know, just shoot from the hip 
talk about what I saw, talk about what I like, what I didn't like about these games, and I'm ready to go whatever direction you are, partner, so I'm ready. Let's get started, man. We have two games, obviously, for the conference championships. The top team, the NFC, versus, and the top team, the AFC, battle against each other to determine who will go to Phoenix, Arizona, in State Farm Stadium to play in the Super Bowl February 12th. So, I mean, let's get started. Let's talk about these two games, because these were two completely different games. We're going to start off with the NFC uh, championship game. We got the Eagles versus the 49ers. Uh, not what I was expecting. I thought this was going to be a lot more competitive of a game. I thought this was going to be a defensive battle, but obviously not only did it not become a defensive battle, it became a, a runaway game. And the Eagles pretty much dominated uh, when, as soon as Brock Purdy got hurt. As soon as Brock Purdy got hurt, the Eagles just kind of started dominating, and you knew the game was kind of in their hands. And they took care of business, beating the San Francisco 49ers at home 31-7. to now, Nick, before we get into the stats and everything, I just want to know your thoughts on this game. Um, well, we're not gonna. Well, my thing is that on the stats for this game, I, I know that Jalen did not play a terribly terrific game, but give him props because Jalen Hurts was playing, I believe, the number one ranked defense in the entire league, and despite with his shoulder, yeah, with it, with it, with it, with the shoulder that's not 100% healthy. From from my from my perspective i don't think his shoulder is still 100 percent. he'll have two weeks off to obviously rehab that shoulder and make sure it's ready for the the most important game of his career and um you know i i think he'll show show up 100 percent uh when we go to arizona but no, i get that out of the way i think jalen actually played he didn't play well but he didn't play completely awful because he did just enough with his legs and just enough with his arm to um advance the eagles you know into this game and you know a lot of people will, will you know because I, I will i will be honest with everybody you know ref ball was definitely in play this game it always seems like it's in play during big high stakes games and obviously we had a couple couple things about the, that the eagles and the niners like there was that catch of devonta smith on fourth mm-hmm. down that obviously didn't look like it was a catch but the eagles got away with it I honestly think that's more on the 49ers for not challenging the play because you think that everybody, the Eagles are going, Oh, let's hurry up. Let's hurry up. You would think that somebody on the Niners sideline would just either call a referee over, tell them to look at that or just throw the challenge flag. And they know none of either the Niners and the refs didn't do either of it. So honestly, it's both of their faults. for not trying to challenge the play. Honestly, you know, I thought Kyle Shanahan should have honestly just threw that red flag right there. I don't know why. You saw Devonta Smith was like, hurry up, hurry up. He obviously there was something that we didn't see. So I don't know why why there was no panic on the Niners sideline to get something out. I know um, exactly why. Why why do you think? Because you gotta look you gotta think about it from, you know, the on the field perspective. First off, he, he Devontae Smith was on the complete opposite side of the 49ers bench. And it looked like a catch initially and it looked like a catch. Like I think a lot everyone agreed that at first without the replay, it looked like he caught the ball. Now in the stadium when you go to like Lincoln Financial Field or you go to any like home home advantage team, they can they have control of the re- replay and the angles of the replay. They can show what angle of the replay they want to show. So they showed the angle at first um in the stadium of what made it look like a catch. They didn't show like the angle from the side or sorry from the back end where they like zoomed out where you could clearly see Devontae Smith drop the ball. So like like how Shan has said in the press conference, he didn't get to see the angle that you know made it look like they, he dropped the ball. So how could you challenge it? Because I think we all agree. Like you you agree at first, right? When you first saw that catch, you thought he caught it, right? 
I, I mean, I, yeah, you, I, you're right. I thought he did caught it, but I think that just the way that the Eagles reacted to it, like, yeah. and I'm just like, I'm just like, what, every single time, well, l- l- listen, if this was like a sure catch, then the guy would get up, start celebrating, and then do like a, you know, both fingers pointing down the field, like, I got the first down, right? That didn't happen. There was no celebration. It was immediately, come on, come on, let's hurry up, let's hurry up, let's get to the down, let's call it, let's do the next down. Because obviously there was something that Devonta Smith didn't want the didn't want everybody else to see. That so I mean listen, but regardless of that controversial call, right? Take away that touchdown. What 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 would the game score have been, Chanel? It would have been twenty four to seven. So let's not say let's not say that one play was the thing that 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 like changed the outcome of this game. The Eagles dominated all the way through. I do, I will say though other other things about this game really quick before I go dive back into it is that. We did see it all. We 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 saw Brett Kern on his punt. Apparently, the ball hit the wire and threw off the trajectory of the ball. So that was crazy. And then the NFL literally said, "There's we can't confirm if the ball hit the wire, even though we saw the ball go up on the replay and then like ricochet over something in the air. It doesn't balls don't punted balls don't just do that. Like there some something had to have been hit to cause it to go that way. But that's one thing. Another thing is that I think that the first down chains on one of the drives actually broke and they had to bring out the backup first down chains. I didn't even know they had backup first down chains. So that was pretty funny. But yeah, we basically saw it all from the refs, especially in this one. Uh not, not, uh, nevertheless, the Eagles obviously dominated with the run game. I thought that this game was going to – I think I said about this podcast, on the podcast episode last week that this game was going to be one in the trenches. It was going to be the Eagles O-line versus the San Francisco D-line and how good those two units are. And dude, credit to Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson held Nick Bosa for as long as he could in this game, and it really paid off for, for the Eagles in this um, Jalen Hurts got some got some runs in. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders all had their opportunities to run the ball effectively, and they all did mediocre to, to mediocre to really well success in in this game running up the middle behind those guys. I saw one play in the end where Jason Kelsey had that ridiculous touchdown dance with Miles Sanders. Before that play, Jason Kelsey straight up just took two guys and just leveled them, like just just forced them force them back. That's how good this Eagles offensive line is head by the, obviously the one of the best centers in the league, Jason Kelsey. But yeah, there was just a complete dominance in the run game. I thought that, that, that um, the 49ers tried to do all that they could. C-Mac tried to put this team on his back early, but obviously to no avail because you knew who they had at quarterback and you knew that Brock Purdy was also injured. So the fact that Josh Johnson went out in the game for a concussion and then Brock Purdy had to come back in with his obviously, uh, you, you know, with that injury. I think it was something sort of a Tommy John injury. Yeah. Ordered, yeah. Um, bring him back into that game was absolutely like it was honestly a really bad decision anyway. But they had to because they didn't have anyone else. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was down to his fourth quarterback during the season. It was absolutely wild. By and he got hurt. And he and he got yeah and he got hurt. So it was it was. It was injury-ridden from the quarterback position, which obviously will never win you any games in the NFL if your quarterback is out, especially not even your third string, your fourth string is out. But um, man, um, the Eagles dominated basically on uh, on all ends of the ball, even quarterback play. So I give props to them. The Niners, they did as much as they possibly could in this game. But even then, 
the co- and you know this too, Chanel. When the Eagles get to the conference championship, there's nothing more that can really stop them. You saw what happened when they went up against the Vikings in that Super Bowl run, and you saw how they beat the Brakes off. And it was exactly the same type of deal for another good NFC team in the in the 49ers. And they obviously got the barrier the Brakes beat off of them too by this really good stout, you know, one of the most historic fronts in in league history because I think they they totaled like 70 sacks on the season, yeah. which saying uh, obviously that secondary was hungry to feast off of, of, of a third string and fourth string quarterback i mean they just honestly other uh, i really can't say uh, any of uh, this game other than like total and complete other annihilation so that's just my thoughts on it niners going to the offseason and really quick guys i just want to say for you chanel and the, and all the viewers here did you guys see on the sideline that jimmy garoppolo and trey lance are both smiling they were both smiling halfway during the game on the on the sideline, and you know what, Jimmy and Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance are definitely smiling because yeah, it it looks like they can't get rid of either of them, can they? Like it looks it looks it looks like there is a bit of a bit of a leeway that these two either have either back on the Niners or they have leeway in free agency or trades or however however that may happen. So they were I, I saw them. Don't think that Jimmy Jimmy and Trey don't think that we couldn't see you uh chalking it up with your with your bench teammates about how how well that the Niners aren't doing without you. So um I I, I some some something that I picked out. But yeah the Niners are gonna go to the offseason with a quarterback conundrum on their hands and the Eagles are obviously advancing to fight the Kansas City Chiefs in two weeks time that's how that's how you saw that uh conversation between trey lance and jimmy garoppolo i you are reading deep into that one you are well they, they weren't talking to each other you, you see, well they weren't talking to each other but you could see that they that jimmy was why else would jimmy be smiling bro jimmy's like yeah this team the shit kyle can't get can't get past anything without me like Come on, dude. Like, I mean, I mean, like, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy is trying to find as much leverage as he can possible so he can stay the starter or at least a backup who can take over the starter of a team. That's kind of what Jimmy's entire career has kind of been. And he's kind of like a mix between like a top 15 to a top 25 quarterback. And I don't think he'll ever really change from that position. So um, he's going to find his, his advantages where he, where he can. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan has a big decision coming up in the offseason regarding his quarterbacks because he has three of them that he can go to. He can go stick to the young gun that he drafted Trey Lance. He can continue with the success he's already seen with Jimmy Garoppolo, or he can see what could, what could happen with Brock Purdy and that, that cheap rookie contract and see – you know how this can all fold out. They continue to roll with Mr. Mr. Relevant. So you know we'll see what happens. Um, it, I will say this though, it was pretty unfortunate to see Brock not get his, sh- his fair shot in this game because you know I feel like it, it could have been it could have been a lot different. I don't. I still think the Eagles would have won, but I feel like it could have been a lot better performance from the Niners if he didn't go down. Let's talk about that quarterback situation, right? Because Brock Purdy, like we talked about, got hurt um by that Hassan Reddick sack uh you know it was like it was amazing how perfect timing that was when he bent his elbow back and his arm like skewed back like that like if you don't know the Tommy John injury it's a lot of it's a 30 that a lot of baseball players have so they can withstand the punishment of like throwing curved balls knuckle balls and just variation of pitches like that that's actually to the point where um some kids actually get it um so so they can like withstand all the curved balls that they throw their, the duration of their baseball career. So for those who like, cause I saw some comments about Brock Purdy should have been in there earlier and he wasn't, you know, being tough and everything. He was trying to find an excuse to not be blamed. I think that's all absolutely ridiculous. 
that's a real that's a real legitimate injury. You know, and your and his his job is throwing the football. You it's hard to throw a football when your elbow is in that much punishment. And now they're gonna have to get an MRI for him and everything. Now I want to talk about I want to talk I want to talk about um, Mr. Johnson over here um, at the fourth string quarterback, Mr. Josh Johnson, the the man who has been on 13 different NFL teams. And uh, this game, you saw why. You know, you saw he looked like a deer in headlights. Uh, he looked like he never seen the football field before. Uh, I'm very he he looked worse. He looked worse than Skylar Thomas um, in that game against uh, the Jets and everything. He looked bad. Like he looked like he just had no awareness of what's going on whatsoever. Looked nervous, and uh, the Eagles defense can detect that from a mile away. And it, it was it was bad. I mean the ops the delayed game penalties, the sacks, the holding on to the football way too long, and the lack of high risk throws. I mean you might have a quarterback problem. Yeah, might have to figure out the quarterback situation in uh, San Francisco, but you know you only have to deal with three of them because Josh Josh. Johnson is definitely nowhere near the answer. That go- that man's going to be on a four-team team next season if he's lucky. But to me, like, this game kind of just demonstrates for me, like, this was just not the 49ers' day. This was just not destined. This this was not destined for the 49ers. This game, it played out like it was destined for the Eagles. Between the – a lot – most of the most of all the calls um, in this game not going in the favor of the 49ers at all. Between the Devontae Smith – between the Devontae Smith thing and the – reach for the first down and everything like just things just didn't seem to be going right for them throughout the game no matter what so i mean that just kind of explained a lot right there christian mccaffrey when i mean you you can put you can put you can put all 12 men in the box that it seemed like and you know it doesn't matter how good you are you put 12 men in that box you put many men in the box that they did there's not much christian mccaffrey can do and he still busted out an unbelievable 20-yard touchdown to get in the end zone so you know shout out to him because he's incredible definitely is a top 100 player and i'm glad he's doing so well we talked you talked about the quarterback situation i want to talk about that as well real quick in terms of like who's going to be the starter next year we kind of talked about it briefly but and i still stick on the opinion that brock purdy should be and is going to be the starter of the 49ers for next season uh you can watch the divisional episode to find out why i believe that you know, as far as Jimmy G goes, like I said, I really, I really think he he is the starter in this league. I think Trey is the starter in this league too. So you have three quality starters, so they're in a good position. But you know, it wouldn't even be too surprising them to go in the offseason and find someone who's better than all three of them. Like you might, because I think what's proven now when you see this matchup between the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, and then you see some of the other players in the league who have been successful. The teams that are going to win, that are going to be in the Super Bowl and win it, has special quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, um, at the time Matthew Stafford. Like the, you need a, a, a top tier elite quarterback in order to go anywhere. So and and I don't think e, all either three of them are elite talent level quarterbacks. So you, you don't be surprised if the 49ers go in another direction outside of Purdy or Garoppolo or Lance. So what I'm hearing is that you think that there is a possible fourth option that, uh, and I get what you're saying. I, I know what you mean. And I feel like the 49ers will be ever stuck in this divisional round conference championship limbo until they finally get their superstar. But even then, do you honestly think that they have the the means or the or the assets to go out and get one of those guys? Not right now. I don't not, think so. Because- not right now. But because they will I, eventually. 
I think that their that their talent is they they have too much talent in my opinion to to like to just like trade those assets away in order to go get a franchise guy. You know what I mean? So like I, I just think that they they just have like look how great their front is. Obviously they're the number one defense in the league. They have an all pro at every single position. Like I've been saying, they have an all pro at every single position right now, which is insane to me. I think that quarterback is the only thing that holds them back. However, I don't know if they have the assets or the means as in like, let's say like, like trade bait, let's in like draft picks. Um, who are they going to trade out to go get somebody in like, cause, cause and listen, what if that guy isn't like what they is like what, what they are like, look at Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance. I mean, I guess we still don't know. Right. But what we, we have, it's not that good. Right. And like, that was Kyle's choice, right? That was Kyle's choice. His choice was to go get Trey Lance. I mean, obviously, I thought Trey Lance was not a good draft pick because my brother is going into into sports uh, management, and I, I agreed with him that Trey Lance did not play for a whole year, and then the one game he played, he played against some bum team, and then he had, like, one touchdown and, like, one interception or something like that. And I was like, and that's the, that's the only sample size that you have. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for that entire, like, two years, like, that's not good. And, like, I, I just – like, yeah, he's a great athlete, but being a great athlete and having the ability to throw the ball down the field doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have success in the NFL like that. I mean, that's – always how it's been um in my opinion uh like um you can try your best to um evaluate talent you'll never really know who who's going to be the best of the best you know what i mean because whoever really thought that 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 you know tom brady no ever no one ever thought that tom brady would come out of 199 and you you look at this guy with this scrawny build coming out of michigan you know, obviously ran like one of the slowest times in the 40 that year. And then you're going to be like, yeah, that guy's going to win like seven Super Bowls. If we told you that in 1999, you would have said we were absolutely insane. And like, obviously no one thought that Brock was going to have any impact on the Niners season. We all thought it was virtually done once he stepped in and look what happened. So we really don't know, or we really think we know how to evaluate draft picks and talent. But in all honestly, we really we don't really know. It's really hit or miss, and it, it and it's been shown like that. Only the really good guys can show how good how good of uh, drafting that you know that they do. Obviously, the Niners stand above most other teams in that. Chanel, right? I think you can yeah. agree with that. The amount of talent mm-hmm. that they brought in through the draft or by free agency, they've been they've been lights out for them on the defensive and offensive end. So it's worked out for them. The problem is that it's really hit or miss when it comes to the quarterback. And that's that's the one thing you need. That's the one thing this Niners team has needed. That's the one reason why they lost to the to the Chiefs in the in in the in the uh Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Or sorry, not a couple, a number of years ago, because they didn't have that guy that could put the nail in the coffin. They had a guy who did all right when they needed him to, to do better than all right. And that's what the Niners need to figure out next season. Um, in my opinion, and I said this before in the last episode, no, no, it might have been last episode, maybe a couple episodes before that, but it's on one of them, where I've said that um, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get traded this offseason. Uh, I think it's too expensive to keep him around. 
in any capacity. And I think that they're going to roll with either Trey Lance and Brock Purdy going into training camp because they're both still on their rookie contracts. Brock especially because he just got drafted. And I think that um, there's going to be a battle in mini camp and training camp, and I think Brock will win that battle. I honestly think that Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Trey Lance at this point in his career. So I think um, because we've seen Brock with the sample size, I think that's honestly the better the better fit right now. It seems like Brock actually fits their system too, which is also very helpful. And I'm not sure if he's going to win a Super Bowl, but I think that he's still a good kid. I think that he's got a good head on his shoulders. Not to say that Trey isn't, but it helps Brock in that aspect as well. But I just think that that's where we're rolling. I think I'm going to I'm gonna stick with you and your pick. I think that Brock will stay the starter in San Fran. Well, there we go. That's an uh, excellent position, uh, prediction, Nick. So good for you on that one. Now let's I mean let's talk about the Eagles side of things. Uh you know, we talked about the 49ers a lot. The Eagles are ultimately the team that, are, that is going to be in the Super Bowl. They I think they look really really good here. I mean, overall like what would you rate their performance in this game on a scale of 1 to 10? The Eagles? Yeah, the Eagles. I would give them um I'd give them uh uh I would say like an uh, either it's either an 8.5 or it's a 9. I, I would have said that I uh, I think that the only thing that really held them back was they they were they were off to a really slow start in the early part of the second quarter because they really couldn't establish a running game going and I was like hey you have the opportunity to beat these guys down because they have their fourth string in you guys need to do that and it like not that they couldn't because I always believe in the Eagles offense but you know it was their defense that really gave them turnovers that like you know or gave them good field position in this game that had them, you know, eventually put put them in that position for them to win. So, you know, I think that uh, at the end of the day, it they uh, they did enough to win. Uh, their passing game could have been a lot better, but they dominated in pretty much every other facet of the game. So I'd give it a nine. I'm going to say, right, I'd give it a nine. I'll give it an eight. Uh, and the reason for that is, like you said, they didn't play phenomenal this game, and they also... I believe had caught a major break in terms of like offensive production from the 49ers, even though the defense did well and you got to give Hassan credit, especially Hassan, especially his credit. Cause he, the, he, the force to be reckoned with in that Super Bowl, And he's going to be a very key player to watch out for in there um, for the, for, for the chance Kansas city chiefs uh, offensive line. However, I can't give them enough. I can't give them the credit. Maybe some say they deserve for this game just cause you weren't really tested against an elite offense you really didn't get the 49ers for real i felt like brought have not having brought for there kind of discredits it a little bit unfortunately for them nothing to do with them but it does discredit whether they uh, like it or not for me yeah but i would also say this um so so wait wait so just to be clear are you talking about the lack of the lack of a challenge the the eagles defense got yeah Okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Because I, 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 if you were gonna talk about the Eagles' offense, I would have came to the defense of Jalen only because during this season we've seen Jalen Hurts been asked to do plenty of different things, and that has that has been true from week one all the way to this game. Because in week one, who did they play? You know, they played the Detroit Lions in a basically a shootout. And what did when the Eagles defense did not show up for that game, even though how much they we all thought that they would show up that in that game, they didn't. DeAndre Swift and Jared 
excuse me, Jared Goff was like, we're popping off that game. Jalen Hurts had to be the one to carry the offense with his legs, and he did it. And in yeah. this game, he was asked to do something completely different. He was asked to just not make the stupid play and just protect the ball, and he did it. So, I mean, I, I'm going to – for all the Jalen Hurts, like, you know, uh, like he didn't do as much this game, I think he did just enough. I think that that's kind of what the game plan was by Sirianni anyway. But I think you're right with the Eagles' defense – and I think especially with the Eagles secondary, because, you know, I've seen Slay and Garner Johnson and I've seen Bradbury as well as they played. I've seen them get burned on a couple plays. Uh, third and 30 against the Cowboys would like to have a reward. Yeah. For you. But, um, you know, I think we'll find out that challenge next week. I mean, sorry, in the next two weeks. In the next two weeks. And speaking of the challenge they are going to face, let's talk about the next game, the Kansas City Chiefs. Our our original pick for the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals, and a and this was a lot more of a competitive game. This was a shootout battle down to the wire, um, AFC Conference Championship game on a beautiful Sunday night. However, we did not prevail in terms of our picks. You know who did? The Kansas City Chiefs. Pat Mahomes beat Joe Burrow finally, 23 to 20 at home, and the Kansas City Chiefs are now in the Super Bowl. And they will return to face the Philadelphia Eagles in Arizona February 12th. So congratulations to them. Now, Nick, what do you think of the game? Um, I think that um, Mahomes and Burrow are – this is going to be – before I get into the game, this is, in my opinion, the next Brady and Manning. I think that this okay. is this is our generation's Brady and, Brady and Manning. Regardless of how bad Burrow – played this game and he did not play well i hate to be the the person that rolls out the excuse wagon but he did not have a very good offensive line this game uh his and it was just crazy because he they actually played well against the bills d line the last game but i don't know if because of this performance that they put on this game i don't know if that showed that tells that's really telling about how how mediocre the def, the defensive line for the bills is but that's neither here nor there we're talking about the bengal's here and this bengal squad gave up five sacks against joe burrows against joe burrow and letting letting a little brother ba, ba, a little bleh, excuse me the term is they let little brother down in the backfield because they let they let him get hurried harassed he was pressured it was not a good day for him. Obviously, there were some throws that Burrow did not make well, even when he did have a clean pocket. So that's on him, obviously. There's no excuse for that. But um, there was a really good tip drill interception that the Chiefs had at the uh, at, towards the end of the game, going into the fourth quarter. Even though it was basically a punt, it was a pretty good interception. Uh, so a credit to them. Uh, yeah, I think it was a good overall performance by both of these teams. I honestly think that uh, both of these teams didn't really give an inch to either of them. I think that they, you know, think that they, for the most part, held their own, regardless of interceptions or regardless of like fumbles. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, slipping the ball out of his hands. That's the first time I think I've ever really seen that happen. Um, yeah, like, I mean, regardless of all of that, it was a pretty neck-and-neck game by two of these squads. I predicted, Chanel, that this was the game that was going to be way closer, and right. I just want, to, just want to say that I was right on that. He but, was. I mean, this this was this was two teams that just didn't want to give anybody the clear advantage, and uh, the Chiefs ended up being the ones that 
took advantage of the opportunities. The, you know, like when since he got the ball back because their defense played well or by got a turnover or something like that, the Bengals just couldn't capitalize on the opportunities to go down the field and have really good sustained drives. The Chiefs did, and the Chiefs actually ended up like, you know, I mean, we talked about the refs last game. There was a call this game, Chanel, that I had no idea how this even happened. Do you remember what happened? It was like, I believe, on a third down, and I think it was third down and nine. And the I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then, yes, and then the terrible. play went. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a check down pass to Travis Kelsey over the middle where he was double covered and he went down immediately. And then the the, the refs before the punt came onto the field and said before the play there was a ref running onto the field and whistled the play dead. And Zach Taylor is obviously irate. I would have been irate that the now we had to redo an entire play um because they messed up. And then and then after that you know, Mahomes goes down for a sack, but guess what? There's holding in the backfield by Eli Apple. So so now the Chiefs ended up being third and nine, potentially sacked at being fourth down and whatever, and then just get a holding penalty and they advanced the ball down the field. So I didn't like that. You know, obviously the ref ball was here again. Um, but, you know, uh, other than that, I mean, I, I still I still in this game, I got to be honest, I still think that the Bengals were not as opportunistic enough against the Chiefs. I think who whoever beats the Chiefs needs to capitalize on what they can capitalize on, if that makes any sense. When the Chiefs make mistakes, you need to turn those into scores. It, it just has to happen, you know, and those scores don't need to be field goals they need to be touchdowns like that's how you beat the Chiefs. That and you also run the ball enough that you keep Patrick Mahomes out of the end zone. That's also another that's also another way to beat the Chiefs. Keep Mahomes on the sidelines. But, you know, it was just, you know, they didn't do enough. Uh, obviously, I know a lot of people get, are getting mad at Joseph Asai for knocking Mahomes out of bounds. He is a rookie. He's going to get better at these things. You know, it, it was a dumb play by him, but come on. He's a rookie. You don't want to, like, derail the kid's confidence right now. It's not right, you know. So, you know, and then the, the Chiefs, regardless of what happened, they capitalized on that mistake better than how the Bengals have capitalized on the Chiefs' mistakes early in this game. And that's what that's what did them in. That's what set up Harrison Butker for a great field goal who sent them to the conference championship. So just the way that things played out, I thought it was a fairly even game through and through. I agree. I agree with most of your analysis there. Um, what I will say this game came down to was – the right player is making the right play at the right time. Uh, I'm surprised in your little uh, analysis there, you didn't credit Chris Jones for the monster game that he had. Chris Jones did a fantastic job and proved why he is one of the best pass rushers in the league and haven't really been mentioned in that conversation, but he really is because when it was time to make a big play, he got that big sack on Joe Burrow. He was probably the main guy responsible for putting Joe Burrow in the pressure that he was in today and he and kind of making kind of flustering Joe Burrow a little bit not not that I think personally Joe Burrow played a bad game I just think he was in a situation where he couldn't perform all that well you know what I'm saying like that's kind of how I see Joe Joe Burrow's performance I feel like a lot of it's not on him and a lot of it's on his um O-line that's you know still hurt still has a lot to and just in general still has a lot to work on I, I, I think you're right about really quick about uh, Chris Jones. I mean, the dude does deserve a, probably the most credit in this game because he was on to harass Burrow. As you said, 
He's getting up there in terms of career sacks, so that's going to be pretty... I think he's, like, third active in most sacks, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe or maybe uh, he's getting up there in sacks all the time. I think he's around, like, 77 or something right now. That, yeah. So he's, he's getting up there, man. And, uh, you know, uh, he's definitely been one of the anchors of the few I, and I as much as I rag on the Chiefs and any and, and and everybody on here can obviously tell you know I'm not a big fan of uh Mr. Steve Spagnolo over here but you know uh he's he has been one of the biggest bright spots on this Chiefs uh defense so obviously a big credit to him but I honestly do think that it wasn't like even though it was Chris Jones. I mean, the whole offensive line was gonna collapse. I mean, it just felt in- inevitable, right? Am I am I wrong on that? When it comes to the elite pass rushing teams, yes. So I mean, and and, and now while I don't think that the that the D tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs are you know like they're good, but they're not noteworthy. Uh, Chris Jones and Frank Clark have obviously been like two of the best like rushers we've seen in the NFL. So when you have that combination against uh, already injured and weak uh, right tackles and left tackles, that's the result you're going to get. And it just was amplified. Yes. Yeah, it really it really was. And here's the part of, I want to talk about that. Uh, that's part with the referees, because you know, I want to talk about the referees in the, on this game in particular, because first off, let's address the major play that happened. Let's address the the rest biggest mistake sorry it's not the ma- biggest play that happened in terms of penalties but it's the biggest play in terms of just like how the fuck did this even happen so thirty it was like thirty nine the Bengals did their job and you know stopped Travis Kelsey before the line of scrimmage I mean sorry before the first down mark the ref did now I will defend the refs in this they did stop the play he did he did run out he did run out and try to stop the play and nobody heard so I can't necessarily blame the refs for that end of it. But at the same time, I also feel they should have just let the team punt. Um let the Kansas City Chiefs punt and I'll tell you uh, and I'll tell you why. Because it is it's kind of it's unfair cuz both teams were responsible for not recognizing the referee in that situation. If the Bengals stop if the Bengals stopped or the Kansas City Chiefs stopped, then you can favor whoever, you know, listened to the referees. They both stopped, so therefore I think you should just let the game continue as is. Because I don't think the referees messed up. I feel like the players messed up in that situation, and the Bengals are the only ones who took the fall. So I think that's where the issue is to me. You know what I'm saying? You kind of hear, understand what I'm saying? Like I, I get, I get what you mean. I can kind of get behind that, honestly. So I, you know, it's not too far out of the thing to say that it was both the players' fault. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. Yeah, because I feel like they made it pretty clear. Like hey, hey, stop the call now. I don't know what's going on with the whistle now. Maybe the wh- they did say the whistle wasn't working, which I'm not even sure how to hear the whistle with the loud ass stadium that with the loud ass Arrowhead Stadium that they're in. I just don't. I don't even know how to hear it. But they they hear they hear it other times, so they might as well hear it now, right? So I I will say this though, Chanel. I mean, like even though you you did say it was kind of the player's fault, and I kind of get that. I mean, the biggest indication of the play is that is that we hear a whistle. So I feel like that that play should have still counted because everybody kept on going because there was no whistle or no one even heard the whistle. Not even the coaches didn't even hear the whistle. So, I mean, like, why don't you just let the play play on? That, that was my biggest concern. Right. And the Eli Apple thing, that's not on the referees because the Eli Apple clearly held, you know, this typical Eli Apple. When the game gets big, he does major penalties and it just, you know, he's a good corner, but he just, he just fails in, in big moments. He just... Fails. He did it with the Giants, and now he's doing it in Cincinnati. 
major holding penalty, fucked it up. And let's, and speaking of penalties that really fucked up the game and really messed things up, we got to talk about that play at the end. And sadly, uh, I, again, I feel bad for the guy. Good rookie. But at the end of the day, though, there's just mistakes you can't make. And he did cause his team the win here. So it's, it's bad. It was bad. It's bad news. It's bad news for number 58. And, uh, you know, it sucks. Cause I, he obviously took it very hard uh, to no surprise. But, you know, yeah, yeah, really. But again, play a lot of these players really don't think in big game situations. And that's just a situation where you really got to think about that. I mean, I mean, listen, man, like I, I get that. But he's also like under our age, you know, like he like he he just, you know, he, he just made the wrong mistake. Like we're not going to like I don't think that we're going to follow Marcus Williams around for the rest of his life and talk about how he created the Minneapolis miracle, you know, like what we do, what we do. We not yeah, but like that's like five years removed, right? I mean, like, come on, like we're not gonna. It's still, just it's still synonymous with his name, life. and this is gonna be synonymous with um. Uh, what I forgot, I keep on forgetting his name. I know he's number fifty-eight. What you got his name? You got his name, Nick? From who? From what? 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 The Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals, the one we were just oh, talking. Oh, oh, sorry, Joseph Asai. Joseph Asai, thank you. You know, obviously, I mean, you can talk about age if you want to, but for me. I don't think the age. I don't think age matters at all. You know, it's about knowledge. You know, he he's very obviously very knowledgeable of the game. He's in the NFL. He was in. He was able to be on the field for that possession. You gotta know not to mess up in that situation. So I mean, dude. Yeah, I mean, like, he he just came out. Though. I mean, he he just came out though. He's a little. He obviously you're not gonna be like a big penalty balanced person as soon as you came into the NFL. And, you know, he he really I, I kind of get why he kind of went for Mahomes there, because like because like he's trying to get him out of bounds. And, you know, like I know that Mahomes has kind of always done this thing where he like runs and he runs to the sideline and he looks like he's going to. And if no one touches him, he's going to run up more yards. So that's what, he's so far out of the sideline. I know, but like it, it looks like that in slow motion. In real time, I bet you, I bet you, it, it would have been like over like that. So like you know, he was just trying to make a play, and this really, I mean, come on, man, this really shouldn't be. And it, that 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 like that video of one of his teammates like screaming at him going into the locker room. I mean, that's dude, come on now. Like the last thing you need to do. I, this is the NFL. This doesn't stand for like. Like we need to derail all of our all of our team's confidence. Come on now, like show some brotherhood, show some respect to other people. Come on, just don't just be a just be a good person to one person when in their time in need of feeling down. Because he took it bad this game, Chanel. Come on, man. I know, I know he did. Um, he, I, and obviously we would have criticized him if he didn't. So yeah, but I mean, yeah, I know, but I mean, if if he completely had like a different reaction, like oh, it wasn't my fault type Zach Wilson type stuff, then it would have been a different situation. But it, it just didn't end up like that. And he obviously feels sorry for what he did, but he doesn't need I'm saying if you want to be a good teammate to him, that's not the way you do it. And like, that's not the way you do it. Like, I don't know. I mean, here's like, how I look at it in the heat of the moment. I, I look at it as kind of similar to the Dak Prescott situation where Brett Murr was missing all those field goals and uh, Dak slammed the helmet on the sideline was like yelling what the fuck or whatever he said. You know, I kind of see it like that. You know, I don't think Pratt, I don't think Jermaine Pratt is a bad guy um, for what he did. I think it, I think it's an emotional it's an emotional game. It happened in the heat of the moment. I'm sure he's a, he is. What I don't like is that he didn't apologize publicly. 
like I saw that he reacted on his um Instagram on the Instagram of the Bleacher Report when they re- re- posted it. I don't think I think he I, I'm sure he I'm sure he apologized to um uh this to the rookie by now and you know it's it, it's one of those heat of the moment things where you're emotional your emotions are running high and you you say something you shouldn't have said you know but, but listen another thing though is that like I know you're mad about that because you would have gone to the Super Bowl again. But why are we under the impression, or why is that, why is he under the impression that he's not going to be back? You know what I mean? Like, why is he under the impression that this Bengals team and his boys are not going to be back next season? Because as long as, as, long as what? That's not what he was talking about. He's talking I know, about. I know. I'm not saying that's what he's talking about. I'm just saying. But when you react like that, it's almost as if like, look how Buffalo handled that loss. They were just like, it's okay. We'll be back next season. Like that's just how they do it. Up in upstate New York. I mean, that's just how they do it. And Cincinnati just needs to have a little bit more discipline, especially in those moments. I didn't think, and even sh- like like let's say, like it was called. I don't think any NFL coach would you know react that way to their to their player, throw their player under the bus. If you're a good coach, you would never take that responsibility. And hell, I wouldn't. Especially They're if also I was a coach, lot I older. They're also a lot older and more mature. You gotta remember these kid, these guys, uh, most of these guys playing football in the NFL are around our age. So there's still a lot of maturity that they still got to figure out. Yeah, I know. And I'm just saying, listen, the guy made a mistake. He's going to own up to it in the next couple of weeks and we'll just go to it from there. That's just how it, that's just how it is. It's just how it is. And just on to the off season for them. I mean, nothing really to add on to the Bengals off season since we're going to talk about it now. I guess it's not really to add to the Bengals off season other than that. I think that they will be back in a similar situation. I think they'll be back in divisional round, possibly conference championship, possibly Super Bowl next year. So Still, still a bright future for them. So I think this should subside in about like a week. And by the time the Super Bowl rolls, rolls around, nothing should come of this. But I just, I just didn't like how everything kind of unfolded because of that. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that it happened. Um, but like, like I said, man, and uh, and I, I am gonna stand on this and defend Pratt and um, you know, kind of like the rest of the Bengals who kind of feel that way. It's a, it's a emotional game that runs really high. Obviously, you feel sorry for the kid because he obviously didn't mean to mess up, and obviously in real in real time, probably you can understand why he did a little extra shove. But it's all it's all good at the end of the day. The Bengals' future is not going to be affected by it. Hopefully, he his future is not going to be affected by it. It's just a mistake that's going to that is made, and hopefully, he can bounce back from from it. Kind of like Marcus Williams did a little bit, because Marcus Williams still is a pretty good safety. And he's still a very, and this guy's still a pretty good linebacker. So, you know, hopefully people recognize that. Now, let's talk about the Super Bowl predictions, right? In two weeks, we have a big, big matchup. Actually, this was pretty cool to find out that this is the first time that two black quarterbacks will be starting the Super Bowl in terms in Pat, Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurst, respectively. So that's really cool just to add that little fact there that that's pretty historic. Um, obviously, I think we know who we are both rooting for. I'm I'm rooting for the Eagles in this uh, Super Bowl as I got Eagles gear uh, on. I, if I can't root for the Dolphins, I do like the Eagles. I do like Jalen Hurts. Even though people say I look like Patrick Mahomes and, you know, people say I should be rooting for him because, you know, we look alike. I don't see it. I feel, I feel like that's personally too – I feel like that's people trying to make two light-skinned people compare comparing us t- together. I don't think I look like Patrick Mahomes at all, but – are you agreeing, Nicholas? Um, he seems. No, I'm not gonna say that. I, I, I think that Mahomes is. Uh, you know, no, I'm not gonna get into that. I don't think. I don't think you and Mahomes even look remotely alike. I agree. I don't think we look alike at all. So 
I don't have that little bond with him. And now me and D Book, me and D Book had that bond in basketball. Oh, it, stop. Now me and now me and D Book, I'll root for the Phoenix Suns because me and D Book is my older brother. So does that but, mean both of your fathers are are both uh, Luka Doncic? Well, I don't look anything like Luka Doncic. I know, but that that that's Devin Booker. That's Devin Booker's father. You gotta stop. You guys are brothers. That's both no, you, no, no, you gotta stop with that. You gotta stop with that. Luka Doncic is not D Book's dad. Because guess what? Luka Doncic ain't gonna D up D Book. I know that much. I, I think he has, and I think he fooled him a couple of times. But you know, I, I guess I guess that's. I'm talking that's about D, I'm talking about D up. Uh, play defense on Devin Booker. Luka Doncic, listen. We'll talk about the NBA another, you know, another time. But Luka Doncic, as great as he is on offense, he's kind of like Jokic. He's a great offensive player. He ain't gonna do shit on defense though. D book will. So I just want to preference that and get that out of the way. But real quick, I want to know your Super Bowl prediction and who you're rooting for and what you're gonna be doing. <sighs> well, like I said to a bunch of my friends and a bunch of my, uh, you know, I'm waiting on you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was like, because you did this, and I was like, oh, what? Anyway, like, like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, so I said to a bunch of my friends, and like I said to, you know, uh, my girlfriend, uh, that I think that Super Bowl parties are stupid for real uh, Super Bowl, uh, real NFL fans. I think that you are surrounded, unless you are with the hardcore of hardcore fans, Chanel, I don't agree with doing them. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm like, why are you even in a Super Bowl party with a bunch of casuals that are just there to watch the commercials? I absolutely hate it. Like, I like I listen, I have a bunch of friends who, you know, I love to death, but, you know, I don't think I'd be caught dead. Let's say let's let's talk about let's talk about, uh, you, you know, the one person that, you know, you're friends with, your bestie over here. Right. We're not going to name drop him. But do you think you'd be you'd be we can name drop him, Ronell. OK, fine, fine, fine. You, you can be caught dead watching the Super Bowl with Ronell. Like, come on now. He, he's not he's he's going to he's going to he's going to sip his little, you know, whatever he sips wine or something. And he's going to be like, think well, you, you know, I, I, re- I really think that, you know, on that, that on that conversion that, you know, that they did all that they possibly could. But, you know, I can't wait to see what commercial GMC got rolling out. You know, it's going to be fun. Like it's no one's going to go and watch that. <laughs> Like no one's gonna go there and watch watch that thing. Listen, Ronell, I love you. I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna sit in a room with somebody who doesn't watch football. I'm just not gonna do it. My family, they all watch football. I am in a family with a Eagles fan who's gonna be rooting for the Eagles. You betcha. I, I'm a Bucks fan. My mom's a Cowboys fan, and guess what? My mom is gonna be rooting for the Eagles. I know, shocker, right? And my dad's a Packers fan. So we are all football fans wanting to see a really good matchup at the end of the day. I'm not gonna go and sit in a room with somebody who doesn't know what a first down is or doesn't know how much how much a field goal is. I'm not gonna do it. It's absolutely stupid to watch a game like that. So that's what I'm gonna be doing. In terms of my prediction, I think that the Eagles are going to win this game. I've been picking against Kansas City pretty religiously, and it might be because I hate them and because I hate dynasties, and they are the closest thing to a dynasty in the NFL. Chanel, I think you could probably agree with that sentiment. Yeah. But um they're probably the closest thing to a, a dynasty. Look how many AFC championships they've gone to or have even sniffed, you know? Like, most teams would even die to have. But um, I think that this game is going to be won just like how I thought the Niners game was going to be won. They're going to be won in the trenches. And you saw how good that Eagles offensive line did against the best D-line in the league. So what makes you think that the that that the Chiefs D-line is going to give you any trouble against them? You saw how good Chanel 
that that Lane Johnson did against against Nick Bosa, the leading sack leader in the NFL. What do you think that he's gonna do against Chris Jones? Like 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 he's he absolutely held him the entire game. He held Nick Bosa from doing virtually almost anything to Jalen Hurts. I mean, I think Bosa got back to him like I think like once during the day. But other than that, I mean, crap, they ran all over them, didn't they? Right? They ran all over the Niners. Uh, and I feel like that if they do that well, and you know, that's the biggest thing too, is that they technically have four running backs. They have Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Jalen Hurts. So that's a four-headed running back field behind them. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes, even though they have the best, the Chiefs have the best pass blocking offense in the league, the Chiefs have never faced a D-line quite like the Eagles have, have they, Chanel? So I think that that's going to be something that is going to bother this Kansas City offensive line. I don't know if this is going to be somewhat of a, of a, of a defensive performance uh, that, you know, um, that we saw um, with the, the Bucks versus the Chiefs. I don't think we're going to go that route. But I think um, I think that the Eagles are going to do just enough to bother and harass Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense. And I think we're going to see a lot of mis- not a lot of mistakes, but I think that the Eagles are one of them are one of the best teams that are opportunistic with their turnovers. And I think they're going to cause a couple. And I think that the Eagles are going to do just enough to win this game. So I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Tough matchup, tough to figure out. Um, now, I have some comments first about what your issue with watching football with casuals. I completely disagree with this man. You know, I don't understand. This man clearly thinks he's the man. And, you know, oh, oh, I can't sit with a casual and explain a first down, yada, yada, yada. Now, in the now, if it's the fourth quarter and it's a tight, tight-ass game, I hear you. But you can be a little generous, Nick. You can explain to someone if they ask you, you, you know, if your auntie asks you, hey, what's going on here? You can You can explain it to her. And be nice, Nick. Nick's not very nice. Nick's apparently not very nice during Super Bowl parties. And what is a, what is a party without people? You know, what's a party without a, a amount of fun people and drinks and food and all that stuff? You got. I'm, I'm not. I'm not I'm, yeah, it's it, it's 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 you know, I'm not going to one. So I guess they're not going to be much people, is there? <laughs> You know where I'll be? I will. I'm actually planning on if the Eagles win, and if my boss isn't a dickhead, I'm going to be in Philly celebrating the Super Bowl of the Eagles because I think the Eagles win. I'm rooting for the Eagles to win, and uh, you know, if I have to guess the score, I'm going to say 27 to 23. I think if I had to guess the score, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs come up short by eight points. I'm going to go 31 to 20. All right. I, all right. So we both have our predictions. We both say the Eagles are going to win. Uh, I'm going to have a fun Super Bowl. Nick's going to have a boring Super Bowl. You know, Nick's going to be what, – what does Nick eat on a Super Bowl Sunday? I don't, that's what I want. What, what do you eat? think? Pizza and wings, buddy. Pizza and all wings. Right. All right. At least he got that right. I'm also going to be eating pizza – and uh, and wings with no sauce, you know, no barbecue sauce, none of that. Just plain wings, because plain wings are the best wings. And I'm getting them from Popeyes. Now, thank you all for watching the What's Next podcast, episode 19. Appreciate you all. My name has been Chanel Wilkins. My name is Nick Provenzano. But hold on, Chanel. I want to shout something out really quick before this episode ends, because I forgot to add that, and I think we should. Um, so on Super Bowl weekend, 
it will be me and my girlfriend Athena's one year anniversary. So I'll also be celebrating that alongside watching hopefully the Eagles beat the Kansas City Chiefs because I think that is probably the best anniversary gift I can have right now. I do not want to see, and I know that my, my girlfriend, I am not, I don't want to see, and Chanel knows this too, because I joined this Skype call with, I hate Brittany Mahomes as my, as my name. I hate Brittany Mahomes. I hate Jackson Mahomes and I hate his stupid family. I think they're all stupid. And I think that, that, that they need to just like, they need to just disappear from football because they are honestly ruining this. They're ruining Patrick's career. They're ruining Patrick's career, and I that's also a big reason why I'm rooting for the Eagles. So please go, Birds. Please knock out the Chiefs. God. But also, happy anniversary to me and my girlfriend. Nick, where's your girlfriend? She is actually right next to me. Athena, I'm going to let you talk on this podcast for the first time ever. I'm going to let you – I'm going to let them hear what your voice actually sounds like because she – here's the thing. She'd be, on, she'd be on the call sometimes. And just be doing random shit on the calls, and I'm like trying not to get distracted by it. But but I'm gonna ask you one question here: Are you first off, how you feel about your little anniversary with Nick, and you are you excited to watch the Super Bowl with Nicholas Provenzato? Well, unfortunately, me and Nicholas will not be with each other on our anniversary this year, but I will still be rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> um, I hope they win, and I. Actually, have officially picked my football team. Oh God! And I am a Cincinnati Bengals fan officially. So yeah. Chanel, can you guess why she's a Cincinnati Bengals fan? Gee, that's kind of hard to figure out. Uh, I don't. I don't think. Oh no! I I don't know. Maybe the quarterback has something to do with it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I also um, am learning the team other team members so Babe, who's your second favorite on my the- second favorite is actually sam hubbard so yeah well he is attractive so why not <laughs> i still support my boyfriend's team too of course but yeah, yeah. Of, course, of course so babe let me ask you just to end off this podcast if the bucks and, and the Bengals are in the super bowl who would you root for the best team wins not the answer I would have gone with, but I'll take it, you know? There you go. Thank you all for watching the West Next Podcast. It's been Chanel Wilkins. It's been Nick Provenzano. It's been a great season. Uh, you're supposed to say Athena Sanisi, but it's okay. It's fine. In the meantime, peace out. Bye, everyone.